Welcome to HBO Lax. This is Lizzie Pace. And Catherine Dudas is shooting her third film because she is an incredible director. But don't you worry. I have a special guest with me to report on the True Detective season four finale. And I think someone who um, luckily... Ha- seems to share some of Catherine's opinions on True Detective, so she will, f- she will be heard in one way. <laughs> All right, fantastic. I mean, I'm sure when Catherine gets back, we'll talk about it too. But yeah. I have with me Chad Colchin it's me. of Game of Roses. Thank you for having me, Lizzie. It is an honor to be on HBO Lax, one of the greatest HBO and beyond recap podcasts on planet Earth. That's so nice. Um, I know that you do literally any podcast that anyone asks you to do, but I'm mm-hmm. really happy you did ours. Yeah. Well, this is a little different. Usually when I go on those, it's just a couple of questions. I stay on for 20 minutes. This is going to be, I assume this is an hour-long podcast that we're going to do an in-depth deep dive into True Detective, the season finale of season we are four. Doing an in- we are doing in-depth. Okay. Absolutely. And I think Chad even remembers... The earlier seasons too, which I've seen them all, pal. I've seen them all, and I know that this uh, season four does directly relate to season one. In that Matthew McConaughey's dad is the dancing ghost we saw in the first episode of this Travis season. Yeah, the guy who was doing the OA dance out on the ice. Um, Let me simply say, oh my god, that's what I called it—the OA dance. That's what it was. It was a direct ripoff of that, in my opinion. And then I learned that no one had seen the OA. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, certainly somebody had. The director of True Detective Season 4, I would say, has seen that. And uh, I look, I'll, ju- I'll just say this about this season. And I don't know if this is in keeping with, with <laughs> I'm being the surrogate Catherine here or not. But yes, I think you are. I did not like this season at all mm-hmm. in any way. Except the performances. I really liked um, Jodie Foster and I don't know the name of the actress who played Navarro, but I thought they were both outstanding. Um, And that's about all I can say about it. Um, It's, I just thought it was a mess. And I think the the finale. Reese. Reese. Callie Reese. I loved them. I loved the scenes together with them. Those were my favorite Mm -hmm. scenes always in the thing. And I thought that that casting was great. They really were like um, just entertaining to watch together and individually. Yeah. That said, their characters I thought were not that good. For me, the best scene of the entire series was when Navarro is sent out to the mine to stop the protesters and she ends up turning on her mm. her own cop and beats the shit out of him. That was my favorite scene yeah. in the whole uh, season and there was nothing else really that, that I thought was good in it, to be honest. I did think when she takes the like angrier turns, mm-hmm. she's a fantastic actor. Like, yeah. It, she really shone. And even, like honestly, in this one, I think that... They both were super good, even though mm-hmm. I have felt like the dialogue is very like terrible on the nose. Yes, bad. <laughs> it's terrible. So is the directing. The um, I would say the set design, art direction, also very bad. When they were going into like the the killers trailer or whatever the the maniac trailer, and there's all the little mm-hmm. stick things hanging and stuff, it just looked like, like that. Just looks like an office. Yeah, that just looks like my living room. No, yeah. <laughs> it looked like they just went to like MJ designs and bought some sticks and fucking twine and tied them up and put them in there. 
the the lighting of this, despite the fact that it it was taking place in in quotes night country, and uh, this is thirty days of night. I did not find this to be as dark visually as the first season. the The director of the first season, Kerry uh, Fukunaga, I believe is his name, is obviously an incredible director, and the visual style of that first season is unmatched. No one has been able to do anything close to that. But he is like a visionary. That's the one where they had the really long one cut. Chase yeah, scene. it was like a 10 minute yeah, shot sequence. where they were going in and out of houses all in one shot. It was beautifully done. And he's a really talented director. And I think the look of season one was as important as the writing and the acting and all of that. The look of this season to me was just not good when they in this episode, for example, when they go down into the ice caves, I was just like that. It looks like a movie from the 80s. Um, you know, I, it just didn't look real at all to me. The ice cave. The ice haze, like, I really, my favorite shot we'll get to, but it's when she's falling through the ice into the water. But the ice caves, I was like, did they spend their whole budget on this? Like, just, like, making this, like, underground thing that they're just going to walk through. Um, Let's get into it. We start there. They are digging in the ice. It is... December 31st, 15 days of night, and we see Navarro goes in first, then Liz goes down. We're getting these whispering voices again. They go deeper. The whole budget is spent here. Liz, Navarro's like, it's here, even though we don't know what that means, and Liz follows her. Uh, but then Navarro ends up falling through another hole and getting trapped and Liz also falls. So That was funny to me actually. That was a good comedic moment where she's like, "Stay yeah. there. I'm going to be right help. back yeah. with help." Ah! And then she falls too. I was like, "That was pretty good comedic timing at least." I don't know if they were going for comedy, but I got comedy out of it. It was funny. Yeah. Um they find Clark running around and they follow him and find this underground lab and they look up and there is this like dino snake skeleton in a swirl shape on the ceiling and that's the spiral the fact i mean can we just get into the fucking spiral the whole season they're like what is this strange symbol that's a spiral it's called a spiral how they tried to turn that into something creepy by just like making it a little jagged in its design it's just very bad it's very bad and that was in season one, right? It was, That's but in one season the, one, they kind of made it work because it was directed well, and it didn't look quite mm. like that. And now they're attributing it to just the, it's a mimicry of a coiled up serpent skeleton. That's what the fucking spiral is. I just have to say, the, the supernatural component of this season lost me immediately. As soon as you saw the ghost mm. dancing on the ice, I was like, I'm fucking out. You didn't like the ghost dance. Didn't like the ghost dance. Didn't like how they portrayed the ghosts. It went the from... The ghost dance like, was an example of something I could have seen if it was directed differently being less cringy. It was so fucking... It was like comedic. I think it was comedic. the moment of the season. Oh, God. Was it? I don't know. My cringiest moment of the season might be in this this finale, which Ooh, we'll get to. I can't wait to get but, to um, the, the The ghost dancing, like when you're trying to build some kind of tone of eeriness or fear or whatever, you've almost never 
want to lead with a direct shot with good lighting of the thing that's supposed to be scary. That could come later in the movie when you get the first like true glimpse of the whole monster. But you want to start out with shadows and like, oh my God, did I see what I think I saw? That type of shit is how you build the suspense. In this show, it's like, no, we all see ghosts and there's one dancing and I'm just going to follow him out into the wilderness mm-hmm. and he just looks like a normal guy. And, and the uh, dance doesn't even matter. He ends up pointing after the dance anyway. Yeah, the, and the pointing is like, <laughs> saw it in Invasion of the Body Snatchers where it was done... Uh, correctly some 50 years ago i thank you uh (laughs) for me that invalidated all of the supernatural shit that would come in this entire season including the little shadows or we get some kind of like ring-esque vibes when navarro's trying to do her laundry and she sees her sister's hair in the the Mm. bottom of the laundry pot that doesn't work because i've already seen a ghost dancing uh in a comedic style hmm Well, we get the credit sequence here, and we see Navarro and Liz climb into an underground lab, and we hear Twist and Shout playing, oh my god, it turns out they're actually under the Salal lab Mm. the whole time. There was a connection in there. But these, if I may, these kind of, the idea of time being a flat circle, and that line is uttered in this um, episode. That came from season one. Matthew McConaughey says it as he's doing his final um, uh, interrogations with cops after they've done their whole shit. And they've they've been tracking a case through three different timelines as well, just like is going on here in all the seasons of this show. Season two, I actually don't think had as much of that, but they all kind of track some kind of murder thing that's been going on for for multiple timelines. The idea yeah, that time... What would you say is the... <laughs> the... The through line in the anthology like i would consider it to be their detectives but they they sometimes go outside the law themselves yeah it it definitely is like dedicated to finding the truth cops playing by their own rules to figure out who's doing these grizzly murders the problem you had in season four is the grizzly murder is the the corpsicle how the fuck did that Mm -hmm. happen we find out in the end it's a very unsatisfying uh conclusion i know it is. Which we'll get to, but the the idea of like time being a flat circle and repeating itself is is shown again and again in here. And so this happens again. The first episode is we hear that uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Twist and Shout is playing. Now it plays again in the end of the episode. They're right back where they started, but that's a circle, not a spiral. So even that is kind of off here. It doesn't all line up well in terms of like the the narrative structure. It's like vague. It's very vague. Like, oh, but look, they're back where they are. And this guy, the dad killed somebody. And now the son's got to kill the dad and cover it up just like they started it out. And they're also doing a cover up of another murder just like they started mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. It's Lots all very vi- yeah. it's it's vague application of the theme, which is that everything repeats. Mm. We see then Peter Popeye covered in blood, his dad's blood. <laughs> you and call him Popeye? Sometimes I call him Popeye. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Worlds are just like there. It's all the same shit. We're watching one big oh, show. Yeah. That's what it is here. It's, it's all connected. Okay, sure. Times the flat circle. Peter not Peter Popeye not Weber cleans up his dad's blood and stuff, and he puts these the bodies into the van of Otis and his dad, and then we see him shower a cleansing. And then we see Liz with a 
She's got her gun out in the hall. Navarro sees these footprints. They're still trying to find Clark. Liz finds the stereo and rips it out. She does not like that song. Yeah. She hates it. And she goes into the lab and the guy locks her in a freezer. The mm-hmm. bear style. Did you watch the bear? I did. Um, and yes, I remember that episode where the, it was the opening night and he gets locked in the freezer. Nobody can hear him. Um, that was more suspenseful than this, in yeah, my opinion. I was like, was. I just don't care. Like, I don't care about any of this because it's been built so poorly. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, no, it's my pleasure to talk about this show because I think it's like, it's a very interesting season. This was the first season that the creator of the show, Nick Pizzolatto, was not involved in any way. He at least was an mm-hmm. executive producer and helped uh, craft story. for. Se- he wrote most of season two, and I believe on season three, he wrote almost all of it, but David Milch came in, who's a, a legendary TV um, writer, producer, creator. And I think he wrote a couple mm-hmm. of episodes with him as well. But there was also controversy in season one because people were accusing Nick Pizzolatto of plagiarism, of multiple sources, and like, look it up for yourself. I think so, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty hard to ignore some of the shit. I thought that was the reason why season two was so bad is they were like, oh, well, then it... They had stolen all of season one. That's kind of what I thought, um, too. And on season two, they were like, you can't do plagiarism anymore, dude. And he's like, well, I'll try. <laughs> and then we got season two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no plagiarism anymore. Yeah. We see Clark hit Navarro with a fire extinguisher, and he's dragging her. And Liz immediately is able to escape the freezer by shattering the glass. Yeah. Just and immediate obstacle overcome instantaneously. Also, this, this guy. This moment I liked because she goes and she's like trying to save Navarro. You find Navarro beating the shit out of Clark. Yeah, that was a laugh. good comedic moment as well. Did you like this line? There's no Wi-Fi and there's no radio and we can't drive because of the storm. Well, of course. I mean, that's how you have to explain why you're trapped in a movie. We can't use cell phones. We can't radio for help. The truck won't work. My feet are hurting. I didn't wear the right shoes. I mean, it, the dialogue of this entire season was terrible. When you have somebody like Jodie so Foster, it, like, I'm sorry. I know I, I've read on some forums, a lot of people are like, you can't compare this to the first season. Not only can you compare it to the first season because it directly references it and it is called True Detective. It must be compared to all other seasons. Mm-hmm. You're also comparing it to a little movie called Silence of the Lambs, which won multiple Oscars and it featured Jodie Foster as an FBI detective investigating a grisly murder, a, a serial killer. Um, when you see Jodie Foster in that same kind of a role, you will compare it to that. And like mm. that movie, Silence of the Lambs, is one of the greatest movies ever fucking made, period. If you're not at least tapping into some of that with her, which this show did not, in my opinion, then you're fucking up, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like they made the most with what they were given with the dialogue, but it definitely very much felt like your first draft of the script, where it's just like, okay, yeah. we'll just get it all on the page, what they need to get out here. Totally agree. <laughs> um, We see... Leia joins Peter and is like, Liz said to come for New Year's. Uh, he tells her that Liz went out for an emergency and she's like, why are you cleaning? And he's like, I'm just really messed up about Kayla. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. Going through a divorce, you go to a stranger's house and clean it up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he offers to drive her back. So avoids getting caught 
in the house. Liz and Navarro tie Clark to the chair, and Navarro's like, did you love Annie? And then she does this crazy torture thing where she hooks him up to the video of Annie and duct tapes headphones onto his face so that he has to keep listening to this screaming video. I mean, I I guess. I I was like, what? I don't understand. I I just never understood. And why they have the the screaming video is always on the phone. Like, they're always watching it on her old phone. Why have they not downloaded this and have it on computers and analyzing it and all that? They're always just looking at it on her broken phone. No, but I mean, this was just a final reminder to me that's like, they never took that video off the phone. It's hardcore evidence of a fucking murder. Every forensic person should be looking at that video. They should be breaking it down frame by frame. That's what would actually happen. Instead, it's her and Navarro like trading the phone back and forth to look at the video one more time and and like pausing it on their fucking iPhone. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. You didn't like Liz watching it over and over again, trying to find clues. Yes, you should be doing that. But with video editing software that all police precincts have so that they can look at video evidence, not on the fucking phone that is also, That's by the way, point. I never thought of this. a piece of evidence. That phone is fucking evidence. You can't just walk around with it. It's part of the case. <laughs> it's so mm. insane. Like the the generalization that's just Alaska. of it. That's night country, baby. Oh right, Fast I forgot. And loose. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, they uh, they leave this guy alone listening to this. We see Peter and Kayla in the car once he drops off Leia, and she says, "Don't lie to me." Did Liz make you do something bad? And he goes, I did it. I need your help. And she is immediately forgiving him. Hell yeah. That's how it works. When you are neglecting your loved one and they are seeking a divorce, all you have to do is vaguely admit that you murdered your own father and you have to clean up the body and that person will fall back in love with you immediately. I felt like if he had been more overt, it would have made sense. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I did like, do something oh, bad. Oh, yeah, stakes are really high. And now I'm fixing it. I don't want my kid to lose their dad, that kind of thing. But yeah. they make out, and this was my horniest moment of the week. Oh. Stay safe, asshole, she says to him after. I, I got to say, um, I don't believe this television program had a horny moment in it the entire season what? for me. Zero horniness. Did you not see... All those references to Liz banging people and mm-hmm. um, Navarro banging Kavik and Liz wanting to bang Popeye. Saw it all. Which Catherine and I have been waiting this whole season. We thought something would happen with it. No, nope. I saw it all, pal. And for me, it registered a zero <laughs> on the horny scale every time. This was the least horny mm. um, season maybe of the, the whole thing. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you. Well, Liz is eating Funyuns in the kitchen. Navarro sees the orange and tells her my mom loved oranges. Jesus Christ. She'd peel it in one long strip. (laughs) You know how people talk. Yeah. My mother's orange peeling technique was very interesting. She did the single long strip peel. Like, what the fuck am I watching? What's going on here? But it's important. I don't know. I guess this is supposed to be some of the pre. Maybe she's gonna K her us. Um, I don't know. 
Me either. We see uh, Liz. She finds glass on her shoe. She has a little flashbacks. So you're like, okay, maybe it was a car accident. Now, did you did you know that that is what that was referenced to? That are, that's how her husband and son died in this car crash. That's what I assumed because she's kind yeah. of been flashing back to it the whole season. Yeah, I assumed it as well. I mean, for a moment, can we just briefly talk about um, the writing of this being like purposely confusing? To be like, you don't know what their relationships are. You don't know what the fuck she's talking about, but we'll bring it all together for you. And they kind of do bit and pieces here, but it's always like, mm-hmm. I was always wondering the young cop, I'm like, is that her son? What the fuck's going on here? And it kind of became clear throughout that it wasn't, that the son she's talking about is some dead son or whatever. Wait, you thought Peter was her son? In the first episode I did, because she, it was alluded to the fact that she fucked John Hawks, who is his dad. Wait. She fucked Hank? Didn't she? I don't fucking know. They kind of alluded to it. Well, they alluded that she has banged everyone. Yes, exactly. Um, which I liked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, some people didn't like that. I didn't bother me I one thought, way or another. I, I, feel like I was we just knew like, it was why? A little kid from like, we saw like the little arm and the little polar yeah. bear kind of thing. Yeah. I assumed it was a small child the whole time, but. Okay. I was wondering who Leah was. Did we find out that Who's it was Leah? the daughter of the girl she's like taking care of? That's the kid of the the guy of they executed. Wheeler. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what we find out. But episode. even that is like, I don't give a shit. This show starts with eight fucking guys or whatever many it was getting flash frozen and sustaining weird injuries with some kind of supernatural twist. That's the murder we're trying to solve, right? I don't give a fuck who that kid is. I don't give a fuck who she fucked. I don't care about anything. How did those guys die out in the cold? That's all I give a fuck about. Yes. And that was the, the beauty of true detective season one is it opens with this grisly weird, like almost satanic style murder. They just find this body of this girl who is mutilated. She has antler horns on her head out under a tree uh, in like a execution style pose. And they're like, what the fuck is this? And then it slowly creeps into like a bigger thing that's going on, which Mm -hmm. is like a kind of rich elite that are having these satanic like sex orgy murder parties. And it goes all the way up to the fucking United States government. That's that was interesting to me. This is just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching here. Well, what we are watching is Liz finding glass on her shoe, and yep. Navarro says it's Popeye fucked for life, and Liz says it's crazy the shit we survive. Sure. And they take the tape off of Clark's face, and now they interrogate him. Now he's ready, after he's been softened up with uh, the screams of his deceased lover on... <laughs> On replay yeah. on her iPhone. <laughs> they come back. The battery ran out like an hour ago. He's just been sitting yeah. there in silence. Oh, shit. Our torture didn't work. We should have uh, He says that he wasn't there at first, but it's his fault. Annie found some notes and pieced together what they were doing, which is finding the DNA of microorganisms in the ice that's somehow going to save the world. And... The pollution from the mine was good for them, and it softened the permafrost so they could get it faster, so that's why they were falsifying it for the mine. You thought it's the big bad miners? No, it's the scientists. 
Yeah. So there's anti-technology, anti-science is laid into this, which immediately I'm against. Um, and also, I don't believe that. I mean, I don't know how permafrost works and all this shit, but like, does pollution really help scientific endeavors into trying to find frozen microbes? That seems fake to me. Seems seems not real. Seems like a yeah. real limb they went out on. I especially agree. since it's killing all the babies too. It's like, all yeah. right, well, you we know have you're to kill a few babies. babies to uncover the the demon serpent that lives in a spiral skeleton that is also going to help biologically save all of humanity and uncover the origins of life like what it's a mess this is a fucking mess uh they were pushing the mind to make more pollution and clark says annie snuck in trying to find a paper trail and then found out and destroyed all their work that too what why why would she destroy the work okay they're pushing them to make more pollution she's mad but wouldn't she at this point, like if that guy is doing the work, wouldn't he kind of be telling her like, no, the shit we're finding is like, this is going to be groundbreaking. We're going to, it's going to extend human lifespan to infinite. It's going to origin of life, all this shit. Wouldn't she, that at least have some impact on it? Like why destroy the work? Why not just out them all? Why not make a TikTok? I don't fucking understand mm-hmm. like the destroying of the work. Also, I agree. Annie definitely should have made a TikTok at, or at least a few. Yeah. So Law is doing bad poisoning. I just like character motivation in this entire season, I think was bad. This one was one of the weirdest ones to me. Like what? She's destroying she's really their mind. So then she's like, yeah, but also I destroying their work in quotes is what? Just breaking the ice cores. Throttle well, stuff. they've already analyzed the ice cores and they have the data. She would have to destroy their hard drives, the internet, etc. Destroying a scientist's work is not like dumping a rack of shit on the ground. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? That's how you destroy it. Oh, I, okay. I didn't realize. Well, now it's taking on a whole Sorry. new tone for me. Yep. Uh, we then see all of the scientists find her and stab her. And Clark's like, I would never hurt her. I didn't. But mm-hmm. then we see that basically he does suffocate her after they all stab her. But also, he is a very unreliable narrator. We, In my opinion, and this is bad writing, we have no idea what happened to her. You're telling me a group of scientists who are all, I mean, these are like top of the top in terms of like intelligence. Uh, they're, they're doing an altruistic act. Yes, maybe they need more pollution to get their permits for us. But the reason they're doing this is to save humanity. So they're going to come in and all of them to a person becomes absolutely murderous. They hold down an innocent person and commit homicide. Correct. They all just got to do it. Got to do it. That's what I'm saying. Character motivation. She's destroying our scientific work. Yeah. She pushed over a rack of ice cores. Fucking stab her 32 times with a star-shaped weapon. It just doesn't make sense. It makes no fucking sense. These characters, that motivation is absolutely incorrect for all of them. Even one of them. Imagine if you come into that room and you see one of your fellow scientists just fucking ah, stabbing somebody. Your first reaction is yeah. not going to be, your let me hold her down. Yeah. It's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? You would get that guy off at the very least, call the cops, something. You're not going to yeah. fucking immediately just be like, well, fuck it. I've got to be an accessory to murder now. It made no sense. It just did not make sense to me. You know how when you walk in on your friends all stabbing, you just you gotta pick up a knife. <laughs> you got to <laughs> stab. Gotta you got to stab. If they're stabbing, you got to stab. 
It's like Caesar, you know? It's yeah. like Sure. It's poetry. Oh. Um, they didn't cut out the tongue, he says. They called the mine for help and they sent a cop to move the body, who we know is Hank. Yeah. And Navarro says, Tell me again you loved her. I did. And then I thought she killed him here, but I guess she didn't. No. Uh Liz does a flashback something. There's a guy whistling. Oh, they're talking about Wheeler. Mm-hmm. We flash back to Wheeler and Navarro murdering him, and then they hear a baby cry. So this is where you know, okay, this is the Leia origin story. Mm-hmm. There's the station in a blizzard. Liz is now peeling an orange in oh. one long spiral. Oh. The shot of that spiral orange peel on the plate was my cringiest moment of the season. It was like, I know they're going to do it, but just like, I I kind of was okay with it when she was peeling it and she just looks down and they don't show you the plate. I was like, fine, great. Mm -hmm. She sees the spiral. That's all we need. Nope. They give you a fucking dead on the money shot right in the center of that fucking plate, the spiral in the middle. like you get it. And the spiral is a perfect representation of that exact same kind of jagged spiral image they've done all season. It was just so stupid. That's what we call chef's kiss. Oh, God. (laughs) Look, we didn't. (laughs) I thought this was going to be more like Fargo. I did not remember the earlier True Detective seasons. And I was like, this isn't funny at all. This is dark. Yeah, the first True Detective season was not funny. It was very dark and violent, but it was very well done. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and just the directing. It was like, it was creepy. That season was very creepy. You were always kind of wondering, like, wait a minute, is something supernatural happening or not? In this Mm -hmm. season, Again, in episode one, you have a ghost dancing in the fucking snow. It's like, yeah, not only is it supernatural, the supernatural shit is dumb and goofy. Well, we don't know, though. I I would argue that we don't know this whole time. That's Rose. We saw a ghost dancing in the snow. (laughs) What do you mean? Rose's POV of of Travis dancing. (laughs) That was not shot from her eyes. We see her on the ice with him. Multiple times we see dead people coming to interact with people and we see him skirting around in the background and shit like that. Like, for example, there's yeah, a shot is it in what this. Or is it? There's a shot in this episode where Navarro is out trying to turn on the generators in the snow and behind her in the distance is like a female figure. She's not looking at that figure. We are seeing that. Hmm. But she's haunted. Doesn't matter. So it's like doesn't matter. That's not her POV. We're not seeing it through her perspective. But it could be. That is an objective reality being shown to us by the director. And there's a fucking ghost in the background. I'm sorry. Or the fucking oranges rolling out and shit like that. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Neither did I. We see uh, Clark says, we knew she'd come back. She's awake. I knew she'd come for us. And we see Clark run into the tunnel and lock it. And he holds the hatch for what he says is an hour or a week as he hears what sounds like his buddy is getting messed up, getting, uh, who knows, like a supernatural force maybe is attacking them. And... He want, he found Otis because he wanted to know how to survive her. So I guess he does believe it was a ghost. Um, or some kind of spirit, right? It's a flat circle. It, 
it's not just a ghost. It's like some kind of bigger spirit. I don't know what the mythology of this region is or this uh, culture, but the idea is that there's some kind of like a mother nature type entity. Yeah. That can like kind of control, you know, the darkness in people or whatever. That that some of these people might even being uh, be used as pawns, like after they die, to set up further nefarious activities. They said it was, it, it's like on the on the zipper edge of like another dimension or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, Alaska. <laughs> uh, Liz says, don't let him sleep. And we see Navarro and Clark alone, and he's like, please just kill me. Uh, Liz has gone to bed. She has, there's a cross necklace, which she throws. She's not a believer. Mm-hmm. And we see Peter take care of the bodies and drive into the darkness. Well, wasn't that cross necklace the same one that Navarro threw out of her car window at some point in episode three mm-hmm. or something like that? And now I it's somehow in her hair, it, like, in Liz's near hair. Body. I yeah. don't know how it got in this. Scene. Nobody does. That's what I'm saying. Just vagaries. Just like, oh yeah, that cross yeah. necklace. It's in her hair now. Great. I always assume if I'm confused, it's me. But now this is making me think it's the show. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The show just would like drop these things into like, oh, a connection to this, and oh, how did that get there? And it's like, you can't, in my opinion, just like for the the shows that I like. You can't be vague about this type of shit. If you're going to connect everything, fucking connect it. Show me the dots and show me the lines between those dots. Don't just show me the same dot again and be like, look, there's that dot again. Mm. But, but where's the line? Where does it go? Nowhere. We don't give a fuck. It's just there again. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> uh, Liz has a flashback of the kid yelling mama. She wakes up. The power's out. And Liz finds Navarro and Navarro goes, he's dead. And we see that Clark has killed himself by... Clark has died by suicide in the snow. And Liz is like, what? Why'd you let him go? You knew he was going to do this. And he's our only witness. And Navarro's just like, whatever. There's got to be a generator, right? And we see them go try to fix the power. A wheel hubcap. Mm-hmm goes by no explanation I, that's probably i guess from the wreck that killed her kid oh yeah you're right i mean again an explanation it's yeah but it's like it's weak that's weak that I'm saying they're seeing ghosts everywhere but even that's the ghosts are it. like it's just such a small part of the story and again has nothing to do with the murder case that's the the biggest part of my problem with this season was like they open on this grisly murder and then it, the whole season is very barely even about that. It's these other storylines that are far less interesting, in my opinion, and don't connect to the murder in any way. Her, uh, the, the wreck she the had that killed her family. Story. Yeah, the personal stories have nothing to do with the murder. So now what am I watching? Am I trying to get involved in these personal stories or do I care about how these eight guys look like they got killed well, by a demon in the middle of the snow? personal stories through the investigation. I guess I just like the personal stories are weak to me. They they were not interesting in this entire season. They weren't as interesting as the murder. You can have yeah. these personal stories too, but it's just like 
you know, there's always a problem in, in movies like Signs, I would say, is a similar thing to this, where the circumstance is bigger than the story you're telling, and you don't resolve the circumstance. So like in Signs, the circumstance is oh, global so alien bad. invasion. But the story you're telling me is about a guy who has a dead wife, and he's just got to learn to follow her advice. And I'm like, no, there's fucking aliens Swing invading away. planet Earth. Exactly. Swing away. And that was the end of the fucking movie. It was just like, I don't care about this family. Aliens are invading planet Earth. I care about that. You have to explain that to me. And they never do. Or M. Night Shyamalan never did in that. Did you watch that uh, Netflix end of the world movie that came out recently? Leave the world behind? Yeah, I liked that. Did you like that? I did. I thought it was very good. It was good. Um, We see... Uh, there. Navarro is hearing the whispers. We see Raymond convulsing again. She's awake. There's just go- the ghosts are going crazy. We yeah. see Rose cleaning her gun or something. Get, going on the hunt. It's always best to hunt after a blizzard. <laughs> Everything Rose does is is uh unrelatable to me. Uh, all of these characters, honestly. Wait a I, minute. I mean, even just being in this cold environment. I would Rose isn't relatable to you. She smokes weed, first of all. That should be highly relatable. Well, that did get my most relatable moment. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but then she backs that up, I think, in the next episode by putting on a cocktail dress and making herself a giant Christmas dinner that could feed like 20 people. <laughs> I thought that was cool. <laughs> uh, all right, well. You're saying a person who smokes weed wouldn't do that? No, they probably would. You're right. Pretty relatable. Uh, we see P-, P shows up, says, take me where Julia is. And she's fine with the fact that she's going to help him. Yeah. She just is like bodies. into she's body like, disposal. Yep. No questions yeah. asked. I'm the person you come to. For yeah. This. Doesn't matter. And we see Navarro and Liz are freezing. Oh, God. Horrible. Yeah. Um. And Navarro's like, something's calling me. There's more than this. Like, there's God or something. And Liz is like, no, Julia went wrong. Uh, She gave up. And Navarro says, he doesn't look like you, but there's something in his eyes, alluding Mm -hmm. to the fact that she's seeing Liz's child. Yeah. And I, I would just say, like, at this point, whether you're talking about Silence of the Lambs or True Detective Season 1 or really any good like detective catching a killer type program, TV or movie, this final scene has to have intense jeopardy in the location. This is your killer is going up against your detective mm-hmm. and one's going to win. Somebody's going to kill or be killed here. In um, yeah. Silence of the Lambs, Jodie Foster has to descend into the tunnels below Buffalo Bill's home, and it's all pitch black, but he's got on night vision goggles, so he's standing like an inch from her, and she doesn't even know he's there, just staring into the darkness, and you're like, how the fuck is she going to get out? Yeah, it's terrifying. It's so good. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. In the first season of True Detective, they descend into these tunnels below the uh, who they believe is the killer's house where he's done all these rituals and shit and they're in a big pit. And it's like, is the killer going to get them? They're in his environment. Here, we have the exact opposite. No threat whatsoever. The only threat really, I the guess, was, was the guy. Yeah, the threat is like, it's cold outside. Well, don't go outside then. Uh, we got to, something's calling us. There's no threat here. 
Nobody's trying to kill them. There is They've no tied Clark up, and he's dead now too. Clark is dead. He fucking oh, yeah, goes out into the already. in the snow and he's already dead. So that's all wrapped up. He's kind of told him what happened. That's all wrapped up. It's an unsatisfying ending because the murderers of Annie are fucking scientists who had like a brief moment of of like, oh God, we she knocked over one of our racks. We got to fucking stab her. They're not murderers. They're not part of some bigger conspiracy. It's an unsatisfying resolution to that murder. And then we'll come to find out uh, the murder of the eight guys. Also a very unsatisfying resolution to that. No, there's no, like, big bad guy in the season. The people who they're chasing are all, like, fucked up and, like, weak anyway. <laughs> like yeah. Like Clark and Otis. Exactly. Um, I'm just, see, I was Liz so bored at this point. I was I just, like, ready I, like, for it to be over. I, looked at the time and I was like, there's another hour? How is this possible in the finale? Yes, same. Um, but we see uh, uh, this fight between Navarro and Liz. She's, Liz is like, shh. Get, keep my kid's name out your mouth. Uh, you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Liz says, <laughs> I'll shoot you in your sick mouth. Yeah, I'll shoot the fucking mouth right off your face. Like, just these, who's writing this shit? You're asking Jodie Foster to read a line of dialogue that goes, I'll shoot your mouth right off your face. What? I huh? They gave her, like, one line that was supposed to be, like, oh, look, Liz has a hobby. And it was, like, oh, my fantasy team is doing horrible or something at one point. I was just, like, oh, God. Yeah, it's it was terribly written, in my opinion. I, I mean, look, I agree. And I think there at least should have been a comedy pass. I think you need to have some jokes <laughs> to split this up. You needed something to hang anything on. This season just had nothing. It was, like, nothing. There was just, I don't know. It was like, they were like, you know what I see for this season? It's like a really cold vibe. And they never have daytime, so it's creepy. And also like the 30 Days of Night thing, we've seen a bunch of movies about this. um, Done way better, in my opinion. One of my favorite ones is a vampire movie with Josh Hartnett called 30 Days of Night, where vampires descend on essentially like in a town like this when the night starts and they just start feasting on people. And it's like, will these people survive 30 days with these vampires just roaming the streets? Mm. I My only reference point was The Proposal, that Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock mm. movie where they yeah. go to Alaska, but it's the time when it's all daytime. Yeah. There have been some movies like that as well. I believe um, there was a Robin Williams one, or no, was that an Al Pacino movie? There have been a bunch of movies that have been set in these locations where it is night for 30 days, blah, blah, blah. It's like to me, not novel enough to hang something mm. on. You got to have a good story mm. too. I mean, we'll get to it, but I do feel like they should have killed them in some crazier way. Like it maybe in that container or something. I mean, I get why they, whatever, but they're also uh, like hinting at it being supernatural. And I'm like, if that's going to be the payoff that that fucking spiral serpent is, is rolling around out there. Like I'm down for that. Show me that shit. Instead, the payoff was just like the most normal, like, oh, no, there's no bad guys here. They were just getting like due revenge, basically. And that was Mm -hmm. that. Oh, okay. Well, talk to you later. It it was just (laughs) abysmal. (laughs) Like any any kind of tension they've built for like, fuck, how did these guys get killed in the end? It's just like air coming out of a balloon. It's so dumb. It was just such bad writing. I, I don't know what else to say, in my opinion. 
You know, I know plenty of people like this season. I just simply am not mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, we see Leia trying to call Liz. Don't die out there, she says. Even though I don't know why she assumes Liz is in the cold. Uh, and then we see Liz in bed, and she has put on all of her jackets. And this was my <laughs> most relatable <laughs> moment of the week. So Me too. cold. Me too. Freezing. I mean, also, the like, doesn't that place have showers and shit? Or is it just like those are off as well? There's no hot water. There's nothing in there. I, uh, they're, they're going to die. They're going to freeze to death. There's no way out. It just didn't feel like, I didn't feel that jeopardy. I'm sorry. I did not feel that jeopardy. Well, it's cold jeopardy. Liz finds Navarro walking out in the snow. She's in this dream world uh, that's, I guess, is supposed to represent when she's in war. Yeah, I think it was Desert and Storm or whatever, Iraq or whatever she, she was in. She gets a little blood on her ears, and Navarre reaches her hand out to someone, and they tell her her indigenous name, finally, which she always was pissed that her mom didn't tell her. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe it's the mom. Could be the mom, could be the serpent spirit, could sister. be the dead sister, could be the dead okay. girl from the beginning. Who cares? Um, Liz then sees her kid under the ice and falls through trying to grab the kid. And this was my favorite shot of the episode mm-hmm. when you see her like falling. Slow-mo in water always works. <sighs> Roasted. It always works. Get it, it's always a good shot. It always does look very pretty. Um I agree. This was probably the best shot of the the episode, I think. Yeah, I agree. Navarro pulls Liz out and tries to warm her. And then we see Liz. She's at the car accident scene, walking through glass. And then we see she's at a happy birthday scene with her young kid. And then she asks, she finally comes to and says, what did he say? What did my boy say? Navarro says, (laughs) he says he sees you. (laughs) <laughs> bad i mean he didn't say anything cooler than that he sees yeah. you yeah, he's seeing mean? you bang this whole town yeah he's creeping every time you're fucking some guy in a dirty hotel your son's in the corner okay. know that every time you're trying to get popeye to break up with his wife he sees you anyway we got the sad twist and shout cover it's still not the end rose we see Rose tells Peter to look away so she can uh, cut the air out of the lungs of his dad. And this was my goriest moment of the week. We just hear slicing, but it was gross. There was no gore, though. You thought that was gorier than when they were stabbing um, the the first murder victim with the star-shaped instrument and everybody's getting blood all over him? Mm, was that yours? I guess. I didn't find anything in this to be particularly gory. It was just like, I don't know. It was all just kind of the weakest versions of other movies you've seen. If you've ever seen John Carpenter's It, for example, which is about a bunch of guys Uh. who are doing scientific research in Alaska during 30 Days of Night, and they uncover this alien thing that starts picking them off one by one. That movie's gory as fuck, scary as fuck. Um, Yeah, that was scary. Just a better version of, of some part of this, you know? 
Rose and Peter put the body into the water. Or the thing, sorry. It's called the thing. Northern Lights. Uh, it's the 15th day of... and the fr- It's January 1st and the 15th day with no sun. Liz and Navarro do a toast. And Liz says, if you do care us, you should come back as a ghost. Okay. I'm actually... Come back to me. Everyone. All my loved ones. I say that all the time. When I die, I will try to come back. Mark my words. How are you going to do it? Any way I can. Squirrels? Any way I can. If a squirrel comes up to you and speaks English, it's me. I'll see you in all the squirrels. And if I ever find a baby crow that's wounded, I'll know that's me. (laughs) Or if you just uh, are talking to like my digital representation after I've died, that's also me. You think your digital representation is you? 100%. It will be. We're so close to AGI. You have no idea. I think OpenAI already has it. What is AGI? Artificial General Intelligence, the AI God. I believe OpenAI has achieved I it, was it. Athletic Greens. No. Uh, OpenAI is currently seeking $7 trillion in funding to up their compute. I believe they have an AGI, and in order to manifest it, they need compute that does not yet exist on this planet. And they're trying they need to make everyone that. to believe more. They just need money. I mean,. <laughs> they need $7 trillion basically to make the hardware that can bring this thing into existence. Navarro then says she's got walls, does some wall play here. Yeah. She's holding her own hatch and she's terrified of the person trying to open it. I'm like, Kavik? I guess. She doesn't go back to him? <sighs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That should have been her arc. Like she, Like she finally is able to have a a healthy relationship. No. I agree. Liz runs inside, pours this bottle on the hatch. We see there's the UV light and the handprints. Okay, they're discovering like, oh yeah. That to me was the least relatable People moment. Were... She's just in a scientific research facility. Apparently she can go look at their rack of chemicals that they have and be like, uh-huh. that's the chemical I need and find me a UV light. Shatter, this is how we find fingerprints, ladies and gentlemen. What? She's not a forensics officer. She doesn't do that shit. She's a detective, A. B, this science facility just happens to have the- She's a one-woman department. They don't have a forensics department. Right, she's the chief. I'm sorry. You're Um, They they realize, oh, it was the lady um, who was cleaning- and we see a dog, we see Liz and Navarro take the Salal car to this house, which I guess they can just, now they can take a Blizzard's car. over now. Blizzard's over, <laughs> and in three, two, one, now we can drive. Oh, our cell phones work. Everything's good now. Oh my God, Catherine's going to be so happy with your takes. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I'm doing her justice. She's like, she's mad. She's. I am too. She doesn't like it. Uh, we find out these women's names again, Beatrice and Blair. They gotta ask her about this thing. The, the the name means return of the sun after a long darkness that Navarro now has. And we basically realized that when they were cleaning, they found the hatch and they figured it all out. And they tell it like it's a story, but basically all of these women murdered all the guys in revenge. And that's it. That's that's where we come to the conclusion. The thing that started this whole season is a justified revenge plot 
by these women mm -hmm. who have been wronged. And uh, there's nothing scary about it. They are not evil in any way. They are not even mm -hmm. bad guys. The murder is presented as the good guys. So yeah. um, basically making a righteous Vigilante kill. justice. Exactly. So in the end, the whole thing you've been watching, like, oh my God, how did these people, these guys fucking die? This is brutal. It's so weird. There's a supernatural element. It's not weird. It wasn't brutal. There's no supernatural element. The people who killed them uh, were in the right. And we're going to just move on with our lives. The whole tension you've built immediately erased. This whole season was for nothing. Yeah. I mean, did you expect that it was the cleaning crew? I did not, but Me either. that was worse than any other thing I expected. <laughs> what I was hoping was that it was going to be some kind I of supernatural thing. Peter. We thought maybe he was going to be evil at some point. Interesting. Because he was like presented as the most good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they basically say they did it to themselves when they woke her up or whatever. Yeah. And Liz says, case closed. It was an avalanche. We're, I'm with her and her. Liz and Navarro leave. Yeah. Liz is now on camera describing what happened in the investigation. And this is also happened Hank. in season one. This exact thing happened mm. with Matthew McConaughey sitting in front of two other detectives who are investigating uh, essentially what happened with this case that they wouldn't let go in season one that led them to discover. Basically, it's all tied into some bigger plot, which is what happens here also with the um, she found out that the mining company is actually responsible for all of this. And then also the I, at some point she's going through some papers and they find out that the Tuttle Corporation owns the mining company and Solal. Mm -hmm. The Tuttle Company is also in season one. They own a lot oh, of the right. shit that uh, is kind of like linked to those murders as well. Hmm. Our our uh, franchise is Amazon, if you will. Basically. Um. Yeah. So she basically makes does this cover up about Hank, the drug deal gone bad with Otis. He was trying to he killed Otis and then was trying to bury the body and then died in the storm. And also, we find out that Navarro is gone. Mm -hmm. That was sad. Yeah. And Liz says this whole thing. Some come to Alaska to escape. Some come to find something. She finds the polar bear toy on her empty bed. Kavik finds the toothbrush. Ugh, sad. Sometimes they come here looking for something. And we see Navarro walk into the snow. Horrible. Mm -hmm. And she leaves this phone for Liz that has this Raymond confession on it. Um... And then we're in a different season. This guy finds this fence that's around the station. A hunter. Everybody's seen the Clark video. Oh, okay, so it's the Clark confession. Mm -hmm. um, that guy who finds the, the closed it. station is a hunter, presumably. And we also mm -hmm. started the season with a hunter. Another, I think, flat circle reference. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Eh. And Liz says, I'm not to do with the political unrest. This town's been here before the mine forever. And we see Leia and Liz go on a fun road trip. Okay, so that relationship has been repaired. That's They're eating good. sandwiches now, and... just like the guys were in the beginning scene in Salal, flat circle. That's what I'm saying. Just these arbitrary, like, oh, I didn't get that. beginning is the end, end is the beginning shit is like, ugh. sandwiches? Come on. Peter went back to his kid, flat circle. And now Navarro, we see, is maybe a ghost. We see is 100% a ghost. 
Hundred percent a ghost. That's her fucking ghost. Hundred percent. Hundred percent a ghost. Yeah. We saw a fucking ghost dancing well, on the ice. We can't see one walk onto Jodie Foster's uh, deck. Listening to Varro's ghost was my witchiest moment of the oh, week. Yeah. Okay. Pretty um, witchy. And that's it. That is season four of True Detective. Just um, uh, it was a miss. I'm sure, we'll see another. They for me. their ratings were higher than season one. Apparently, yeah. I'm hoping that they continue with their anthology kind of um, with it. You know, I don't know if Nick Pizzolatto ever comes back to the series or not. I don't know what he's working on next, but I would, I would like it if they continue to do this and just give it to some other auteur. I don't know much about give the woman who did this season. And Vial. They star in it as the detectives. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Come on, Nick. We gotta find out. Who put these guys out we in the ice? We gotta go in this tunnel. Yeah, I can't do that. Whoops, I fell. I'm a father now. Don't you know that, Grocery? I can't I can't be taking these risks. Come on, Nick. You signed up for this jab. Um, I guess we were the true detectives all yeah. along. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Joy turns out to be the murderer. Nick, it's Natalie. She killed those guys out in the ice. It's Natalie. Um, yeah. I would watch that. Me too. It would be much. We, um, we what we've done right here is broke a much more interesting season than uh, what season four gave us, in my humble opinion. I would love to see Grocery do some acting roles beyond commercials. Yeah, it is interesting to think back about the um, the lifespan of this series. The first season came mm-hmm. out, I believe, in 2014. It was definitely pre-Trump. Whoa. The world has changed quite a bit since then. And so we're getting some other like um, I did like seeing like it was predominantly women in this and it felt mm-hmm. uh, very new from all the other seasons. I think that was one thing that was cool about yeah. it. Um, they were more like we're guys and the only women are tits. <laughs> yeah, to some degree. But I did like yeah. that element of it. I'll never I thought... forget that ass eating scene in season one. <laughs> what? I forgot that. The ass eating scene. <laughs> Who was doing it's that? The, the other detective, like, and the pretty girl. Woody Harrelson? I think so. Yeah, that is ringing some kind of a bell. But, um, you know, there were there were some interesting things about the season. Like I said, I liked the, that it was all from female perspectives. I did like mm-hmm. uh, the performances that I thought were, were great by the two leads. The writing of it for me was just very, very bad. And the direction also was not good. There was a lot of stuff in it that just looked like amateur hour. Those ice caves, for one, it didn't look mm-hmm. real at all to me. Any of the times they went into like some suspects kind of murder environment didn't look real or terrifying in any way to me. The lighting in in most of it, even though it was supposed to take place at night, was all very bright. And so there was no hint of like what's in the shadows because they would show you mm-hmm. directly what's in the shadows. It's a dancing ghost. Yeah, it's a dancing ghost. We know exactly who it is. Yeah. There's just nothing left to the imagination and the truth in the end of it, like how the murder really happened was less interesting than anything. Anyone who was watching the show was thinking, in my opinion. I just feel like if it was going to be like this female revenge story the whole time that they should have like tied that in more or like, yes, they, if you still want the corpsicle, have them kill them in a fucked up way where you're just like, eh, whatever. Yes. And I also think you open this season on Annie's murder. Don't have that be mm. part of flashbacks that happened before. That's the key thing that set all of this in motion. That should have been what happened. They found that body in the pilot and are like, what the fuck? 
And then you start this cascading thing. The next thing that happens is corpsicle. Oh my God, is this related? They found her tongue there. Maybe. Because then they're like, they right. find a tongue and you're like, what's this fucking tongue? Now we've got to learn through flashback about it. We still don't know what the and, tongue is from, right? It was maybe yeah. Hank, maybe... We don't know how it got there um, at all. That was unresolved. As was the supernatural element, even though it was thrown in our face. Um, it was just for me a mess. This whole season, just a big fucking mess. And uh, I will continue to watch this series probably forever because I love the first season so much. <laughs> and uh, hopefully season five will be better. That's all I can say really about it. But thank you for having me on your program. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining me. You know, I think... <laughs> not. I did not love this season. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed <laughs> the performances. Um, I enjoyed the the kind of exploration of the indigenous culture and kind sure. of like the cultural clash that's going on, the the protest part. And like, I just think there were certain parts like the Wheeler case that's supposed to be kind of this backstory. Mm -hmm. We knew pretty much the whole time what had actually happened. Absolutely. Um, so that wasn't really like, even when there was new parts of it brought up, you're like, well, yeah, well, I kind of assumed that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I thought it was interesting when they, the part where they like ch figured out he was right-handed or left-handed or whatever and switched mm -hmm. it. But um, did yeah, you like, not my uh, favorite. Did you like ask the question? Oh, my You're asking God. the wrong You're question. Asking the question is going to haunt me in my wrong nightmares. question. Wrong question. So I mean, annoying. <laughs> oh, God. And that's bad writing. Uh, it's just terrible writing. It was a bad well, idea. Just asking the wrong question about the writing. Okay. Let me ask the right <laughs> question. Was it bad? Yes or no? Yes, it was bad. Um, it was bad. And it was overused. It was a bad idea that was overused. That's, that's the kiss of death. Mm -hmm. And it should have been used to lead into her hooking up with Peter, being like, that's not the right question. Yeah. The right question is, am I staying here tonight? Ooh, okay. Like You're that. always thinking about the horniest moments. That's like a big part of how you watch these shows, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like to, that is to understand getting things, me through these. I, I mean, again, look. I just, the ending of this was so disappointing. Um, yeah. The only thing that was kind of interesting to me in this whole season was like, how those guys died and hopefully it would be linked into some kind of supernatural thing. Like when you, when you introduce a circumstance, which in this one is there is some kind of dragon demon, uh, dinosaur, something that's in the ice. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that matters now. It's bigger than everything else you're telling corporate greed, polluting the area. Don't care. You've got a magic <laughs> dinosaur. That is the origin of fucking life. I need I to know I everything about that. It's just like we still don't know whether there is supernatural or not. From mm. yeah, from my take, sure. it seemed like we were seeing people's POVs and seeing how they were haunted. Not necessarily a real ghost, but but um, even that, even that, then let's say that it's just fucking with your mind. Something mm -hmm. in that location, like I'm walking around, I don't fucking see ghosts. I don't see hubcaps rolling down my hallway. So even if it is their POV, their POV is somehow skewed by whatever's happening there in a yeah, way that is by like being in the dark all the time. Yeah. That's what it is. The darkness. I thought they never even uh, paid that off. It was like, mm. does this make people go crazy? Like does shit get wackier when it's all dark. They just seem like kind of unaffected by it. They're walking around going about their normal lives. 
People are going to the bars. People are fucking. People are doing their jobs. People are fucking <laughs> doing rehab centers and shit. Like, seemed all right to me. I don't um, Chad, thank you so much for joining me for this one. My pleasure. Uh, I hope we can talk a, about a show that you like a little more at some point, but I'm really happy that you filled in for this and my pleasure. Join me. I love your I love your passion. Thank you. I will be here anytime. Uh, I can only assume that Catherine is going to be directing hundreds of more movies in the very near future. Yes, so if you need me to fill She's in, obviously I'll be here. needed out there. Yeah. That's correct. That is correct. Talent. Maybe she can direct uh, season five. Yeah. I think she would do an amazing job. I do too. Because she's, she's very about the dialogue. She doesn't like dialogue that doesn't sound real, so you can imagine how she felt about the season. Yes, I can. I feel the exact same way. Um, so we do an outro for every season, and this one is Welcome to the End of the World, so we got to say it at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the end, end of the, of the world. world.